Testing. 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 Talk to me. Let's see how it sounds. Testing. Okay. And then less deep voice. Or not less deep voice. Let's not hello. so loud. How are you? No, not deep, but like less loud. Less loud. Yeah. <laughs> Just go deeper. This deep, is right? called <laughs> a... All right, yeah. welcome everyone to the Odd Topics podcast. Hey. <laughs> Sam and Caden are here for episode two. Yeah, second episode, we got back to it. Finally. I don't know if it's <laughs> been a month and some. I'd say so about it was, that. It was since like, like September. Not no, September, no, no. December. Yeah. December. So we're coming back fresh for a second episode um, in the basement of my humble abode uh, in the small molding ping pong room, as it's called. And today we're starting off with uh, talking, conversing about conversion therapy. Yeah. Which in Canada is still legal. There's still movements of conversion therapy, which if you don't know what it means is, I, I read an article about this. Um, conversion therapy means it's often done by churches and it's, they're giving a program for people who, um, are religious and believe that their being gay is a sin and want to, or think they need to change it. And so Mm. this church actually offers a system where they can convert back to, um, being straight as it should be for the churches as they as it or as as these churches say it should be yeah um which is super weird interesting enough like you think they might be like a fading trend but actually uh i think it was about two years ago here in nova scotia yeah there was a gay conversion camp that was proposed around halifax proposed or was it there before it was proposed and there was a lot of support against it yeah which then caused it ultimately not to go through. But yeah, yeah there is still people that want that is kind of stuff. Is there still one in Nova Scotia, though? I'm not too sure, honestly. I should check up on that. Yeah. Um, I've heard that there's some in Ontario. There's a whole documentary on this, like a documentary piece on it, where um, they actually were doing this. And I don't know, it just surprises me that uh, in this day and age, with all the laws we have, Still uh, legal. Yeah. So, uh, gay conversion therapy centers in Nova Scotia. So, um, the documentary that I watched was actually pretty, uh, pretty touching. People there were a bit traumatized. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't a smooth like, oh, I'm just, I'm just here to change, you know, my sexuality. Like people. Right. Were them, it was like defeating their ego and everything was just good for them. Uh, conversion therapy ban coming to Nova Scotia. So this may, <coughs> sorry, I'm sick today. This may like translate to to Canada and I can't imagine it won't. Mm. I feel like if Trudeau got his ears on this, there's a good chance it would, uh, a law or a le- legislation would, would, would be in soon. Um, Nova Scotia, it says here on CBC News, Nova Scotia will move to ban conversion therapy, a widely discredited and controversial treatment dis- 
designed to change a person's sexual orientation or gender identity. So it might even be, I assume there's some places that would probably even uh, be attempting to change people's uh, views on like the transgender community as well and have mm. people convert maybe back or have them not believe that they should be another gender based on whatever beliefs, you know? Yeah. It's which I find really disgusting. I don't know. It's it's frustrating to see that it's still I don't know why there's no legislation on it because it seems like an easy thing to tackle. Mm. Yeah. And there's only one real big group doing it and you know. Yeah. So um and you know it's all based on discrimination right it's based on uh like early um what would you how would you say that early like christian beliefs yeah that today not a lot of people still believe in mm -hmm. and uh it was really it's really interesting um i saw this vice documentary yeah on gay conversion centers yeah i might have seen the same one yeah and the way the guy that was running it put it, it all, it didn't seem, it didn't really seem anti-gay. Yeah. Like, while you the were way hearing they tried him talk. To pose it, yeah. Yeah. It just felt like, oh, well, if you're gay and you feel like you want a change in your life, yeah. you can come here. The way he put it, it was like, oh no, it's just, you know, you're just coming in, you're switching things up, you know? Yeah. But to the people who are changing and to the people who had witnessed it, in the, you know, in their younger days, and then we're now activists against it, mm -hmm. and things like that. It was really traumatizing for them. Yeah. And like, really ego-defeating. So, and it's, you know, it's still tagged with them to, like, to this day when they were doing their activism and everything. Um, so, yeah, it says McNeil, it's been, a, McNeil says, it's been a priority of our government com coming in, and that's what we'll do. So I'm assuming soon enough this will be gone. Uh, yeah. conversion therapy for LGBTQ youth to be banned in Ontario. I mean, I can only imagine how, you know, there's some, there's still some parents with hmm. like old beliefs, having their kids go, go to these camps yeah. and things like that. And you know what, when I think of it, being a kid and going to one of these camps may affect you even more than if yeah. you were an adult, because sexuality obviously can't be changed through a matter of social engagement. Yeah. And when you... But it might come from social early social engagement. Mm -hmm. And yeah. when you're a kid, or you're going <clears throat> through puberty or something, right? And you're discovering your sexuality and whatnot, having it all confused and yeah, all just broken like down, puzzles, right? Yeah. It can put great stress on you for the rest of your life. Yeah, because being a teenager is all about kind of discovering where mm -hmm. you want to be, who you want to be, and who you are, you know? And if that's one major part of your personality is, you know, your, your part in, you know, if you're part of the LGBTQ community and you believe in it, and then suddenly it's shattered by your parents who figure out you were, you know, romantic with, uh, with a person of the same sex. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that it's gotta be pretty, uh, traumatizing for someone like that. Yeah. All right. So here it says, wait, so just before we end on this one, uh, it says specifically conversion therapy gained pop, uh, particular attention. I think this is what you were talking about mm -hmm. in Nova Scotia this summer when members of an anti-gay religious group in the U.S. advocated for who advocated for conversion therapy were speaking at a Bible camp in Pugwash. Mm. So that's just surprising. You know, you, you wouldn't expect the Nova Scotians to have those kind of beliefs, but then... Uh, 
there's people coming from the U.S. and just speaking about it, and mm-hmm. that might create some roots to 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 have that type of thing grow exactly. in our country. And so, jeez, uh, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Okay. Um, second, we wanted to talk about government shut the government shutdown in the states, and um, people are already suing. So yeah. Trump recently, if some of you haven't heard, shut down the government um, as part of an, uh, or, sorry, actually, I've got to retract my statement. He, we put government shut down, but I wanted to speak about the uh, emergency. National go, emergency. National emergency right. that he displaced in the country. Uh, basically, Trump wanted to uh, enter this uh, national emergency so that he could access funds to pay for the wall, mm-hmm. which... Um, just seems like a wacky idea, and he's already getting sued. Um, can't remember exactly the grounds. That would be pretty interesting to look at. Is like how people are um suing Trump for that, right? But what was your thoughts on that? I mean, he's really doing everything he has in his executive power to get this wall up and going. Um, and it's pretty hard for him to keep on with with uh, testing his executive powers. If you don't know what an executive power is, it's powers or moves that are delegated to the leader of a country that are at his discretion to take. Yeah. There's no passing bills and whatnot. I mean, of course, there's a lot of advice that goes into such a decision. Uh, But one of the problems is that this is... Him declaring like a government shutdown, and then he went through a whole other series of actions, and then a national emergency is ultimately it's actually bringing his voter support down because he's putting a like a decent stress on certain elements of the American society. Yeah, and you'd think you know because considering the fact that uh, the government right now is ruled by. A lot, well, uh, I, well, we should look up them if if it's completely majority, but there's a good um, uh, a good percentage of you know the Senate and the House of Representatives is Republican, mm-hmm. and so you'd think he'd have enough support to move one of his biggest you know moves, whether or not it's controversial. Right. A lot of people in the Republican Party are against it, and a lot of people are realizing that if there's so many people against it mm-hmm. in the Republican Party, then is he really doing the right thing? And the way I see it is it's pretty interesting that if we look at it from, like, you know, a year ago, this whole idea of building a wall is completely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And now it's becoming so serious because it's actually coming alive. Yeah. As we never expected it to. Mm -hmm. Whereas it's not that big of a deal. Like, when you think of the, the, just the amounts of people, I saw a statistic uh, showing just the amount of people actually trying, attempting to cross the border now. Mm-hmm. illegally and the numbers have decreased significantly oh yeah ever since the 70s and they've risen a little bit this year but not as marginal mm-hmm. so it's no national emergency definitely it's not just like and... employ to get some cheap money yeah which is frustrating and um he did get some money from the government because or um because the Democrats agreed upon it. Yeah. it wasn't, of course, it's not the $25 billion he needs. Mm-hmm. Mexico's not going to pay for it because that's ridiculous. Yeah. But Trump, the other day, actually, in one of his tweets, not that I uh, 
you know, not that his tweets say much, but um, he said that he had other funds or he had, he had another place to take it from, maybe from his past, you know, business exploits or something like that. But, mm-hmm. uh, so for, everybody, for anybody that's asking how we choose our, some of our subjects to talk about, um, sometimes we just bring our own up because me and Caden like to talk politics every once in a while, but, um, there's this Instagram page called, uh, balance the ballot. And I think they have a website as well. And they have very interesting, uh, just like political posts. Um, it'll be a short image with, um, a small caption that'll give you an idea of what they're going to talk about. And then in the caption, there's a an accessible way to read the right. news right and very very like small distinct bits. articles that you probably wouldn't see every day um and we got some pretty interesting ones uh out of that but um it gives a uh, on this post it uh there's the caption describes what a national emergency is so this might be interesting to look at it says national emergency emergencies allow the leader of a nation to perform actions which otherwise are not uh, normally permitted. In the case of the United States, this would allow the President Trump, President Trump, to circumvent congressional constitutional powers. So in this case, he doesn't have to go through Congress um, to get his bill passed or to get the money he needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and here he can directly access the funds. So it says. Uh, circumvent congressional constitutional powers to control spending and allow him to divert federal funds toward his border wall. In 1976, the National Emergencies Act was passed, which allows the president to declare a national emergency where they consider it appropriate. In the past, national emergencies have been called often as economic sanctions. Uh, so yeah, that was in certain cases where they had to place sanctions on certain groups or countries, um, as often as 17 times by a single president like Bill Clinton. Uh, once a national emergency is declared, anyone directly affected by it may challenge it in court and Congress can draft a resolution to terminate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people are suing already. There's a bunch of groups that, uh, based on, uh, based on it being unconstitutional and not not actually an emergency, basically, are already suing. Yeah. What I found really annoying was the government shutdown, especially, because of just just the ignorance there was for everybody working in the government. Yeah. Um, And like like we heard, the national parks and all that. Yeah, and I know, like, interesting enough, like this whole government shutdown in a sense is because of border security. Yeah. But at the same time, border security, like at airports was weakened because of the government shutdown. Yeah. It's pretty ironic. Yeah. And I heard a lot of statistics, uh, that were brought up where Trump was saying that, um, one of our biggest issues is people crossing the border, but often I think it was a, a, the largest percentage of, drugs and uh, illegal substances carried across the border mm-hmm. was done by vehicle, by legal people who could legally enter enter the, comp- uh, the country. Mm. Uh, so like actually a marginal amount of the uh, 
illegal immigrants and, and people coming into the country are actually directly from this border. Mm -hmm. As well, there, we've all seen the, the videos of uh, just th that one guy who's got the ladder and he's just like, he's showing it to a Trump supporter. And then Trump supporter just says, what's that? And then he's like, it's a ladder. And then he's like, what? You could climb over the border with that. It's the realization that making a bigger border that's taller with spikes won't necessarily do it, do any justice as well. Yeah, there's a good video on some of the reasons why the border wall isn't going to function as a proper border barrier. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched any YouTube videos called Adam Ruins Everything. Um, Heaven Pact, but not recently. Yeah. He has a really good video on the border wall yeah. stuff. Okay. Yeah, and one of the that. things he mentioned is that most immigrants come via, or most illegal immigrants, illegal immigrants come in via planes. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, if if you really think border security is important, yeah, maybe investing in airport security would be more of more productive than a wall. Yeah. And I think it's, I think the reason why he's so attached to the wall, it's a very tangible thing, mm. you know, whereas small legislative changes to airport security or even just, uh, you know, uh, other border security that's not like the wall are not as tangible for voters. So mm -hmm. he needs to push this so that he has a front uh, and a distraction from the other legislative changes he's making that are not really helping the country either. Mm. So it's one big ploy to distract people at the same time, I think. Yeah, yeah. While he's, you know, changing environmental laws that restrain big companies, oil companies, and such. Mm -hmm. so. so what do you, do you think <clears throat> Trump has a chance at winning the 2020 election? Uh, I don't think so. You don't think so? I think so? considering the fact that he, he's had one of the lowest um, approval rates. Mm-hmm. I think the chances of him winning a second time are pretty low. Mm -hmm. But to be fair, a lot of people in the states like him. And if 40%, which was his approval rate, of Americans mm -hmm. approve him, that just blows my mind. It's hard to, it's, I don't know, yeah. it blows my mind. Yeah, it's interesting because a large part of the media that I see would make it seem like there's no one that would ever support Trump. Yeah. But then, the, the media we read, because right. we're mostly to the left. Right. And... In case anybody doesn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> in case it, on in Trump. case you haven't guessed. Um, <laughs> Just shitting on Trump for an hour. Pretty much. But we're on the right. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're very, 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 very <laughs> alt-right, like, hardcore here, you know? Um, anyways. <laughs> um, oh, what was I going to say? Um, but, yeah, they're... Interesting enough, yeah, sometimes you don't see it, especially coming from other countries, because international media and whatnot seems to want to portray it as people not being it for Trump. But interesting enough, there's still a large population that believes this man can change America for the better yeah. and can improve their lives. One of the major leadership traits people like about him is the fact that it is the fact that he can make decisions like on a like really quickly and um, he, yeah he's not like a slower yeah i agree he's really blunt too I think yeah people think his bluntness is good speaking about presidential candidates uh how about we move on to bernie, bernie. yeah bernie's running 
I hope everybody knows this by now, but Bernie's running for uh, the 2020 election. He did say at the end of the, the, the last election that he wouldn't be running again. But I knew, I knew he'd run again because yeah. I knew he'd hate what Trump is doing. And he knew that he could win. And I think everybody that was strongly Hillary or was, you know, uh, was choosing the lesser of two evils, which was Hillary for most, I think, mm. then notice now that if Bernie runs, it's a, it's a really good opportunity because he was a close third. Mm-hmm. He was doing pretty well in the polls. Yeah. So I think for him, it'll be a really good chance to win. And um, I think we discussed this before that the last time we had a strongly Republican uh, right before Obama, we had uh, geez, I forgot the name now. I should know the name. Bush? Bush. Where was, he was more of a Republican guy. And a lot of people, like like we do have Trump now, started to change their ideas and be like, oh, geez, we really picked the wrong guy. Mm. And then we voted in Obama, in, in my opinion, a pretty great president and way more Democratic. Oh, yeah. He was very so thoughtful, it now too. Be, it might not be the same where we're going... A, a hard hard right, and now we're turning a hard left back to Bernie. Mm. I'm hoping that's how it'll turn out. I'm really glad he's running a second time. I hope he wins. I think he'd make a really great go. Yeah, president. I think he. I think he would too. And uh... what I wanted, we didn't put this on our discussion list, but okay. Um, there's there's this website that I read that had a list of the Obama's changes mm-hmm. that he actually did. Um, List of his actions that he is as president because I always felt like, um, you know, he didn't boast too hard about his his actions. So a lot of people thought he didn't really do anything, and he didn't have much power to do anything because both the House of Representatives and the uh, Congress Congress were almost fully Republican. So mm-hmm. he didn't have much in terms of voting power. Um, but he still did make a lot of good changes. So mm-hmm. I want to look that up. Um, timeline of a presidency. This might give us a good idea of what he's done. Uh, of course, Obamacare, which has since been mostly taken down by Trump. Um... Okay, this is not what I was looking for. Okay, I might just skip on that. But anyway, guys, Bernie's running. Let's hope for the best. I think he will win, um, unless there's a, another really strong contender. Mm. But it may be, you know, it may become like uh, more Hollywood in politics where people, you know, the famous people are just like, they're making it into politics. And Bernie's the famous now, so he may, it may just be Bernie versus Trump. Because I don't think Hillary will be going a second time. Maybe yeah. she will. Maybe she already has said that she's going a second uh, time. I don't think. But uh, what do you think about <laughs> Elizabeth Warren? Think she she seems very similar to. Do you like, want to read this off? Politically, she she seems really similar to uh, to Bernie in many ways. I know she wants a tax that would. Um, I know she wants a tax that would tax like not even the top one percent but like the top zero point one percent which is really interesting. That is interesting. She also proposes universal health care, so yeah. I'm not seeing too many bad 
choices on the Democrat uh, Democratic side. Democrat, sorry, Democrat side. Uh, recently, do you have that article on Elizabeth Warren? Or? Oh yeah, I do. Uh, so she would gun. be. Is she running for for president? Uh, yes, she is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it says here, Massachusetts senator and presidential candidate uh, in maybe twenty twenty. Elizabeth Warren has proposed the creation of a federal child care system. Warren's plan, as assessed by economist Mark Zandi, is based on three main points. Firstly, the senator's plan would use existing Head Start infrastructure, okay, interesting, to open child care centers across the country, guaranteeing affordable child care in remote areas in the U.S. Secondly, the poverty level of 50000 for a family or four. Um, oh, did I read that wrong? Secondly, Warren's plan would make child care free for people making less than the poverty level. Okay. Mm -hmm. The ambition, ambitious plan would seek to increase the number of children in care from the current 6.8 million under the age of 5 to 12 million. Okay. Um... Warren's plan would not cover all children. An estimated 30% would still be cared for by family with the parent's choice. The plan is a twist on several bipartisan proposals which look to require paid family leave for new parents, including one proposal that was backed by the president's daughter, Ivanka Trump. Early reports indicate that Warren's plan is estimated to cost $70 billion a year. Interesting. Yeah. I'm always curious how how um, right leaning people will respond to that mm -hmm. based on their fear of you know uh, paying taxes and socialists and everything things even if they're not the one paying the ones paying um, big mm. but, um where should we continue I want to go just straight to the this smoking cubes thing all right yeah um. I think it's in the Philippines. In the Philippines? Uh, yeah, so I think this is in the Philippines. Okay. All right. Uh, flag, maybe. Right, so um, here in Berwick, where I live, I've seen a couple of Confederate flags. Mm. Uh, and others, there's one hanging. Mm. And I would, I was, it just weird to, to be in Canada um, with such like progressive politics and, you know, generally progressive people. Mm -hmm. uh, and still have these flags around. I don't know. It kind of throws me off every time I see it. Yeah, it's uh, interesting enough. Um, the Confederate flag actually, you see people hanging on their like on their windows and whatnot. Like I saw a few passing through Middleton a few days ago. Mm -hmm. And interesting. Enough, if you go up on the mountain, you see it. Oh yeah. There's some roads on the mountain where you really see them all all over. Mm -hmm. towards New Ross and things. Yeah. Um, I don't know if people fully understand around here the implications behind the flag. Yeah. 
because here in Canada, we didn't go through such a similar civil war or event in history, Yeah, which was based around the idea of slavery being legal or not. Um, meanwhile, Canada didn't really go through a similar event mm-hmm. in its history, so I feel like lots of people feel disconnected when they put that flag up. Rather, I don't... I feel like people might see it as a symbol of hillbilliness or something like that. Like they put it up as a symbol, uh, as their own symbol of hillbilliness. Yeah, or like of redneck living or something like that. Like I'm a country boy. Mm-hmm, exactly. Okay. Um. Okay. This is what I was looking for. So twenty-eight. Um. You really don't. I don't know. When I think when I, pre, previous to this article, when I thought about it, I don't feel like he made that much progress as much as I wanted to believe he did. Just off the fact that he didn't have that much um, voting power in the car in Congress. But um, it says here he rescued the country from the Great Recession, which is a good point. Mm-hmm. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Uh, cutting the unemployment rate from 10 to 4.7, which is pretty low, over six years. It's pretty good. Signed the Affordable Care Act, which provided health insurance to over 30 million uninsured Americans. Health insurance in the States is huge. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm just thinking to myself, personally, I had an operation on my leg, mm-hmm. which uh, we Googled would probably have cost me two, 25 to 30,000 bucks just to have that operation. That's crazy. Let alone, that would have been maybe affordable for my parents. Um, they would have probably pulled it off. That would have been like extremely expensive for them. Mm-hmm. But considering how many operations my mom had, my mom had almost 30 operations on her throat. Wow. She'd be nowhere without the Canadian healthcare system, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah. If people were just ready to pay a little bit more taxes in the States and have this type of infrastructure, that would be amazing, but I don't think lobbying would allow that. Uh, next, he ended the war in Iraq. Don't know too much about that. Maybe you could... Uh, the war in Iraq? Yeah. So, George Bush initiated a conflict Yeah. in the Middle East based around, uh, based around according to him, the removal of Saddam Hussein. Okay. Uh, Saddam Hussein was the leader of Iraq. He was a Ba'athist, which is like a pro-Arab sort of party that believes that Arabs are superior to yeah. others. And um, and he ran a dictatorship there for multiple decades. And finally, um, the U- once they invaded a neighboring country, which was pro-U.S., Kuwait, Mm -hmm. Uh, the United States intervened as well as a few other countries and replaced the regime uh, of Saddam Hussein with what was going to be a more democratic one. Yeah. Turns out things aren't so great as you've heard recently with, you know, there's different conflicts emerging. Thankfully it's been dying down a bit. Um, I know ISIS was a big problem in Iraq for a while, but, um, well, ISIS Obama, is down to their last uh, few strongholds. Yeah. yeah. I think their last controlled city yeah. as well. So anyways, that the conflict in Iraq 
originally had an okay amount of support in the United States, mm-hmm. but by the end, by the time Obama was around, it the conflict had barely any support, at least in the mainstream news and yeah. mainstream media. It just felt like we were funneling our, you know, our military and our funds into a country that didn't, like we didn't, that didn't have any use for us. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it did have it did have a big use. It was because it had a lot of oil yeah. resources there. Yeah, and we still do that. And so does Canada. Yeah, and so that was why it was of interest for out of all of the dictatorships in the world to deal with to deal with Iraq because there was oil in it. Yeah, um, but yeah, we wouldn't be going to you know Kenya or something because mm-hmm. we don't have that much implication. We don't have. That much oil we want mm-hmm. to get out there. Lots of people saw it as really immoral that we would go into another country and cause all of this violence for mm-hmm. natural resources. So that was one of the main premises in which Obama ended the conflict there. Um, one of the things that did persist, though, during Obama's time was peacekeeping in yeah. the area, yeah. which I've seen as pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we caused enough conflict there, we might as well maintain the peace or at least to whatever extent the u.s actually did that's yeah. strongly debatable that they managed to keep any peace yeah uh, yeah fair enough um continue on it says past the 787 dollar 87 billion dollar american recovery and reinvestment act to spur economic growth during the great recession mm-hmm Supported the LGBTQ's community's fight for marriage equality, which is now legal in plenty of states. Oh, yeah. Um, is it all over the states now? No, no, no. There's still states where it's legal. Okay, yeah, we're still waiting on that. Okay. Um, commuted the sentences of nearly 1,200 drug offenders to reverse an unjust and outdated prison sentences. So I'm assuming this would probably be like towards... Uh, marijuana, where like the, some certain laws in certain states are just outrageously, you know, uh, excessive when it mm-hmm. comes to marijuana and things like that. And also um, the fact that a lot of people who got busted for marijuana uh, before it was legal in certain states are still in prison um, finishing their jail sentences because um, they're not allowed out based on legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on. Save the U.S. auto industry. Ooh, I don't know too much about that. Um, well, I know lots of companies enjoy putting their manufacturing industries in countries where there's cheaper wages. Yeah. And it did cause a lot of controversy. Just like what happened with uh, GM and... And Ford. In, uh, I think it was Ford. But in Ontario. Oh, yeah, in Ontario. Um, 20,000 yeah. jobs lost. Yeah, New Mexico for cheaper wages. In the U.S. or sorry, Canada feels like GM owes them yeah. a certain debt because a few years ago Canada bailed out GM yeah. for a lot of money, mm-hmm. and then they leave to Mexico with these jobs. Mm-hmm. So it's really unfortunate, and there is a lot of unions that are really upset about this. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. frustrating. Um. Signed the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, allowing as many as 5 million people living in the U.S. illegally to avoid deportation. 
something that Trump would go directly against mm-hmm. a lot, but here he's allowing children um, who don't really have much for a place to go home to stay in our country, in their country, our mm-hmm. country. Well, we do so as well. Um, <clears throat> drop the veteran homeless rate by 50%. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Homeless rates are going, continue to rise in the States, though, especially in Los Angeles, with yeah. where, which I heard was um, like one of the capitals for like homeless people. Mm-hmm. Um, reverse Bush era torture pol- policies, which was interesting to me. I read this one article of uh, a senator trying to um, justify torture as a means for extorting information. Mm-hmm. And um, he said that uh because it was because it worked in the show 24 which is a show basically all about a guy torturing people to get information out of them right uh you know people like coming to gas the americans or something like that or putting bombs in malls and things and mm-hmm. he'd torture them and then get information from them in a very violent way and so he based his opinion on torture policies on that show which is completely outraged oh. because of, you know, recent proof that shows that uh, torturing and, you know, things like waterboarding don't actually serve a good purpose and they don't, they don't actually help get mm-hmm. information out of people. Um, increase the Department of Veteran Affairs funding. I'm sure that was pretty important to right-leaning people. Yep. So, uh, began the process of normalizing relations with Cuba. Signed the Credit Card Accountability, Responsibility, and Disclosure Act. Boosted fuel efficiency standards for cars. That's pretty interesting. So legislation to ensure that cars aren't... Have to meet a certain standard when it comes to fuel efficiency. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, Proof school nutrition with the Healthy Hunger Free Kids Act. Um, That's pretty interesting because in Canada, uh, and I'm on a couple groups that are pushing for um, uh, standardized um, uh, how school lunches. Yeah, um, or just a standardized better, uh, educational meal plan. Someone like that um, for children in Nova Scotia, and but a federal policy mm. that apply for um, all of Canada, where. Um, just better meal plans would be offered for children at school, especially. Mm-hmm. I was recently at Berwick School where they've changed their meal plan to a much more healthy one. And it's only three bucks compared to, you know, previously it was five bucks and you're getting like the, uh, you know, uh, pizza pockets and these rough things that come from, uh, what would you call that? Just like... Pizza Pockets. What's that company that our school was? Oh, Chadwick? Yeah. Like big companies like Chadwick that just offer um, really cheap meals that aren't good for you. And they definitely aren't. The pricing was pretty crazy. And it's mm-hmm. not something that fills you. No, it's expensive. It uh, it's not good for you at all. Wasn't and it like we're six bucks a meal? Something yeah, like five that? to six bucks a meal. That's and when, too much. When you're talking about like a third, almost a third of what a kid eats, in like every week 
makes a difference in their diet, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you if you open them up to like at Berwick School, it was opened up to now a salad bar. So you'd get your primary meal and then you would fill whatever it was like a taco uh, with a soft shell and then you'd fill it with um, whatever was on the salad bar, like a huge selection of um, fruits and vegetables and you know cheeses that you, and some nuts as well that you could put on uh, your taco. Mm-hmm. But it just it's if it's one it's if it's almost one third of what a kid eats in a week, that's huge, right? Oh yeah. As well as the fact that it's exposing them to foods they may not have at home, mm-hmm. and it was also very cheap. And if that could be applied to federal policy, that I think that would be pretty amazing for people. Yeah, like I know in the United States they manage their food like their meal plans like nationally, unlike mm-hmm. here in Nova Scotia and across Canada where yeah. it's a more localized thing. Yeah. Um, and interesting enough, Obama did increase the standards by a lot for food. But then Trump proceeded to declare stuff such as pizza as a vegetable. Did he? Yeah. There were odd circumstances where, like, ketchup counted as a few servings of tomatoes. Really? Yes. Those are actual policies that are in place. And, yeah, he did lower the standards back to around where they were before Obama, if not, like, sub- yeah. What was considered a healthy school meal yeah. during the time of Bush. And he, apparently once a week he eats, or maybe it's once a day, he eats like a Big Mac from McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, um, what else did we see uh, Obama doing? We're only at the 20th here. Wow. Um, improved school nutrition. So, uh, repealed the military's don't ask, don't tell policy. Um, I think that might be to do with, like, discrimination. Yeah. In... Maybe, like, inappropriate sexual behavior. Yeah. Or something like that. I'm not honestly too sure. Yeah. Uh, what's really frustrating is the transgender ban that's still going... That's still... I'm surprised. ...somehow growing in the States. That just blows my mind. Yeah, I'm surprised. I know there's, like, a transgender ban in the military. Yeah. I'm surprised that still exists. Me too. And it's kind of ironic because at the same time, Trump is actually going to different countries. Well, not him specifically, but some of his senior advisors. In fact, one of the most open or the most senior advisor that's openly gay is going on like an international diplomatic mission to promote gay rights across the world. Yeah. Uh, And... It's just interesting that while this country is promoting it, at the same time, there are certain regressive policies that still exist in the country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That just started. Like, the, or that just were pushed by Trump government. Mm-hmm. And the reasons that they, you know, that they say that it uh, lowers productivity or things that might be more positive for them. The cost of it is like super, super small when you compare it to the budget that they like. They have like a six hundred billion dollar budget mm-hmm. when it comes to military and adding even a million dollars says that to that for to help transgender people in the military. It's not that bad, you know. Yeah, a couple million. Uh, as well, it says Obama signed the Hate Crime Prevention Act. 
making it federal crime to assault anyone based on sexual or gender identification, help negotiate the landmark Iran nuclear deal, sign the Lilly Ledbetter Fair Pay Act, combat pay discrimination, so just equating pay for men and women. Uh, nominated Sonia Sotomayor to the Supreme Court making her the first Hispanic to serve as a justice. Supported veterans through $78 billion tuition assistance. Won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2009 for his extraordinary efforts to strengthen international diplomacy and cooperation between people. Now, some of these may seem like little things, but when you put them all together, he's done like a really great job, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Curious to see what Trudeau will do for us. Um, and then lastly, expanded, uh, embryonic system cell search, uh, or sorry, embryonic stem cell search. So just the use of, uh, stem cells. Yeah. Stem cells mm-hmm. after, yeah. Yeah. Coming from the umbilical cord and all that. Yeah. I'm curious to see how that'll pan out. Um, what's interesting is in North Korea, there's been a, uh, when it came to like, this type of research and cloning as well. Mm-hmm. They've done a lot of progress and they've already cloned, you know, uh, dogs. People have wanted their dogs cloned for like $100,000. It's been done. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to clone a woolly mammoth. Oh, wow. Because they have uh, reasonable DNA samples from frozen woolly mammoths all over Russia that are being found and then sold. Um, to uh, to the North Korean scientists, mm-hmm. and uh, they've cloned goats yeah. and things like that. Yeah, maybe and, humans uh, soon enough. We'll I see know in that. China, it was actually done illegally. Like the Chinese government doesn't yeah. support this, but a professor at a university disguised his research project as something on the study of the formation of HIV, and anyways, but actually, what he did was. The first ever genetically modified human. Uh, he designed the first ever genetically modified humans. He genetically modified two embryos that were twins and gave them resistance to HIV and AIDS. Mm-hmm. And interesting enough, I mean, it is interesting how uh, the Chinese government is really unhappy with this man. He's probably going to go into jail for a really, really long time. Uh, but it's interesting. Genetic modification is like a double-edged sword. It can be used for good or bad. It's like any science, really. Um, I know, like, currently in most countries it's it's illegal, but in places such as Mexico, renowned for their sketchy uh, surgeries and practices, um, you can't actually do stem cell uh, stem cell therapy. Mm. Which is really interesting. They like inject into whatever part of your body uh, needs it, the stem cells. Mm. In they put it in a former big time hockey player who was going through. I believe it was. Oh man, it was. I believe he had some severe version of arthritis or something like that, and they injected him full of stem cells, and within a week. Like, he started walking 
again, really? which was pretty crazy when you think of it. Jeez. It's pretty amazing. Well, um, was this like a U.S.? Was he from the U.S.? Or? Yeah, he was. He went down to Mexico and got this treatment done on him. It was one of the first ever cases. Some guy in his basement. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> don't ask me where. from where whoever. Yeah, kids. don't don't ask me where I got these. I don't know where he got the stem cells. <laughs> Jeez. Anyways, uh... oh, we didn't go with the smoking cubes, but I wanted to know. I if I should say it without knowing where this country was. I think it was, it was a country Malaysia. The, might have been Malaysia. Or no, Singapore. Singapore. It was a smaller, it wasn't like a huge city, but there's, okay. a, there's a city somewhere towards the... Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia. That introduced, um, it would have been more like uh, a um, community thing that was decided upon where smokers are not now are now not allowed to smoke inside, not allowed to smoke outside. Like even on private property? Yeah. Are oh. only allowed to smoke in very specific areas uh, marked off by a red cube that are no bigger that's no bigger than like four feet or eight feet by eight feet maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of creates a stigma where I mean, this is debatable whether it's productive or not, where smokers have to go to a very specific area just to smoke, and then, uh, but can't be smoking in their house, can't be smoking outside of their house, can't be on their balcony smoking, can't be walking around town smoking. Mm. In terms of uh, influence on others, I think it creates a stigma where uh, it may reduce the amount of people that want to start smoking. Right. It's sort of like... Almost in medieval times, you know, you have like your downtown square and they put everyone that should be shamed in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird shame thing. I'm sure mm-hmm. it's riled some people out. But mm-hmm. can you imagine if it was the same for like daytime drinking or something like that? Having mm-hmm. people have, having to place them or having to drink in like a very design specific area. A bar? <laughs> Well, not like a bar, because that's encouraged, you know, it encourages drinking. Right, so, right. I don't know. Pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know Hawaii is planning, possibly, not completely sure yet, but they're planning, possibly, to put out a ban on smoking for everyone under the age of 100. Oh, yes. I don't, I don't even, think this is going to pass, but that would be interesting. Yeah, it seems a little too big of a change. Yeah. I could definitely see an underground network of smoking, of like <laughs> yeah. tobacco coming in really quickly to fill the gap where the legal industry yeah. was. Because you can't just remove the smoking industry. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit too big for that, I think. And what about the people above 100? Like, there's going to be it's no... A celebration there's, cigarette. <laughs> there's going to be no way... The, like you're there's gonna be no tobacco industry left no. like there's no way you're yeah. gonna be able to buy it legally yeah I think it's like a catchy thing if they just ban smoking outright mm-hmm. it's like it's harder than uh, maybe if they said a hundred hundreds like a, it's just got this zing to it I oh guess. yeah I know yeah. in North Korea they sent a guy to like I think it was a few billion trillion years in jail uh, so yeah yeah um, you know what I found interesting? I don't know if you read up on, uh, you know, those kids down in 
the states who had their mega hats on. Uh, and it from the video, it looked like they were mocking um, and making fun of an indigenous person. Oh, I you know, remember that. Uh, hitting his drum or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but once everything came out, it seemed like no one... Like, uh, parts from both sides were kind of in the wrong, and the students weren't actually... Uh, you know, they weren't really mocking the man. They were just standing there and doing their thing. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I found that pretty interesting because a lot of people went, as soon as you saw that, you were like, exactly. okay, yeah. these guys are garbage people. Mm. But then once you read up, and a lot of people didn't know for a while until they read up on it, where it seemed like both both sides had a part to play in the, in the conflict. Mm-hmm. Um... I think we've gone over like most of the subjects we intended to go over. Yeah. We didn't go over climate change, but I'm not really sure how much we can say that we haven't already. Not mm. today, but in the previous podcast that we've already gone over, kind of. Yeah, I felt like we kind of gone over it already, but uh, yeah. So in case you don't know, uh, there is a thing called climate change, and <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's not exactly the best, you know, might hurt the survival chances of your of your probably uh, us we... probably us yeah future generations yeah um interesting enough according to multiple studies this is completely unrelated but okay. for the first time in canadian history chances are this generation here that we are we're like really late millennials yeah um are gonna have a harder time uh, uh, will have a harder economic time than someone of the past, which is really interesting. It's uh, it's showing how this big economic growth spurt, which started with the original or uh, with the first and second industrial boom, mm-hmm. are now done with. Yeah. And now we're just waiting for the third one to come, which is with AI. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Um. And a large consequence of the industrial age was human-caused climate change. Uh, human-caused climate change. Well, on your point where yeah. we might end up um, with just lower economic value per person, mm-hmm. um, or I don't know how would you would say it, but uh, I was speaking with my dad about this, where um, because of the fact that everything's becoming automated, mm-hmm. things like... Uh, um, cargo drivers, so people who are driving, um, oh, geez, what are they called? Like 18-wheeler yeah. trucks? Yeah, big trucks, yeah. All of those within the next 10 to 20 years will become automated. Mm-hmm. And that just, that whole economy of people, all the people working in that uh, industry will become replaced automatically. And a mm-hmm. lot of people working in, you know, the shipment industry, uh, might include like Amazon workers in uh, factories where a lot of it's already automated. Most of it's going to be complete. All, almost all of it's going to be automated within the next 10 to 20 years. Mm-hmm. And that, that applies to a lot of, you know, industries. Mm-hmm. Pretty much any job where a re- like a repetitive action is being taken yeah. and there's not many unique circumstances, within this century, most of those jobs will be gone. Yeah, which will create like... I just think it'll be creating a lot of uh, unemployment because Mm -hmm. a lot of 
for people who uh, don't have, who, who can't afford or don't go through with uh, like full, like many years of education, be it in university or college, mm -hmm. where they have a very specialized job and it may be, you know, not repetitive, as you say, they won't be replaced by people who can't afford that, who maybe don't go through many years of college. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm just thinking of a book that was talking about this subject. Um, it was done by an Israeli professor, uh, Yuval Noah Harari. Uh, he's a really interesting guy. He wrote Homo Sapiens, which is on how humans managed to get where we are today. And now he's right, and then he wrote an even bigger bestseller, which was called Homo Deus, and it's about uh, the implications of AI in the future and yeah. what will happen in general, what are some general tendencies that will be seen in the near future and the distant future for humans. Yeah. One of them, which kind of scares me, is the idea of apathy growing between different humans. Mm. You would think that with the world so connected, people would be more mm -hmm. empathetic and would understand people more, you know, like no one's like IQ is going up and uh, put it in like empathy is growing in many places. But at mm -hmm. the same time, he's arguing that AI will create the opposite once it becomes emo once it becomes emotionally relatable yeah. because for example, a human doctor, if you try to have a real deep discussion with them where the doctor attempts to connect with you emotionally, the doctor has other things on his mind as well, not, a, not mm -hmm. just the patient. Like maybe he gone through a fight with his wife or husband a few hours earlier mm -hmm. and that's going through his mind. So he might be emotionally disconnected from the scenario, mm -hmm. but a, a computer or something could be always emotionally catering to you. You're the only thing that matters to it. Therefore, maybe AI might render human uh, humans like uninterested in connecting emotionally with other humans, mm. which is a pretty scary thought when you think of it. Because yeah. a lot of conflict throughout history comes from people not being able to relate to others yeah. and understand what's going on and cooperate. Yeah. Because people will grow up with the notion that, oh, yeah, other humans are just rude, erratic, irrational people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. But, you know, at the, same, um, at the same time, it might be if robot, if we are able to program robots to be, you know, more empathetic, mm -hmm. that they also don't have those distractions. So it might be, you know, the flip of the coin where they're actually less distracted than, like, if this doctor had a fight with his... Uh, if he or she had a fight with her husband or wife in the morning, mm -hmm. uh, maybe they're less distracted and they can actually put more, you know, emotion into it. Right. If right. a robot was able to do that, mm -hmm. they might be able to in yeah. the future. So that's pretty interesting. Um, I know we have to close up soon. We're looking at five, 59 minutes already, <laughs> which is decent. Yeah. Um, I've got work at 12. I know it's 10, 27 if anybody's curious. I don't know if you have anything. What do you have today? Uh, just hanging out with you. Okay. Yeah. Working on a few projects as well, but yeah, that's it. Okay. I have some pre-cal to work on as well, and chemistry. Hopefully mm -hmm. I won't get too stressed out tonight working on that. 
I don't know if I can bring that to work. I don't think so. But, um, yeah, if anybody wants to come to my work, it's a great place. Clothesline <laughs> in Berwick. They sell great furniture. Extremely low prices. Uh, another big shout-out to Balance the Ballot. Um, we're not go, sponsored by them. We're not, we're not sponsored, but go check out their um, Instagram page. Um, it's a great place to get a little bit of information into you every mm-hmm. day. Oh, yeah. Some very interesting subjects. You don't have to read them all. And they're pretty stick. unbiased, too, which I like about Yeah, it. I found them pretty unbiased as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's written by you know a ton of writers, and I assume they do it mainly nonprofit because... I assume they're so. They're not a huge Instagram page. No. But they have some really conclusive, you know, information about plenty of things. Mm-hmm. So I'd suggest you go check that out. We'll link them in our Instagram. Uh, and um, thanks for listening. What yeah, is it today? thank you. So our episode was recorded on the 24th of February. When's your birthday? When's my birthday in it's August? It's not February, is it? August, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. What, what? March is next. March and, and then yeah. April and then All May right. and June and July. I'm not just I'm just not great at this. So. All right, just go with the flow. Yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thank Check you. Check us out in the next episode. Might be in a month. Might be in a month. Yeah. Hopefully, so stay tuned. Try, right now we're recording off um, a computer and a terribly isolated room, um, sitting on two. Chairs, mm-hmm. uh, beside a bed, beside a formerly moldy wall with a drum set. With a drum set. Yeah. And it's sitting on this old casket. Or not casket. <laughs> casket. <laughs> <Sam>. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyway, so maybe in the future, next podcast, we'll maybe have a mic. We might have a camera going. Hopefully. I wish you guys could see it. Maybe his- a guest. Yeah, yeah, a guest. It's yeah, nice. we might have Django or Clay, two friends of our of mine, on, or perhaps someone of Caden's friends as well. Yeah, we'll maybe. See. Um, but yeah, thanks again for listening, guys. Yeah, have a wonderful day. Stay tuned. <laughs>